It is through us God is showing what he did in Christ Jesus. And when you are making decisions in life, please, make sure your decisions truly reflect what God said in his word. I was talking to the, yesterday one of my friends, you know, he came to town, so we, we got talking. My wife and I picked up the gist again this morning. And I said, Christians, many times, they, they don't believe. Know the truth? They don't believe. They claim to be Christians. They treat God according to one scripture read upside down. You are an ever-present help when we need you. Right now, we don't need you. That's how they read him. That scripture is read by many people like that. He's an ever-present help only in the time of need. When we don't need him, he should give us space. When we have money, God don't bother. We are okay. When we need you, we'll let you know. After all, you are an ever-present help in the time of need. You shouldn't be present when you are not needed. That is how we behave. If we are sick, we pray. If we are broke, we will confess the word. But let's become rich first. Um, ah, no, my child can't go to school in Nigeria. This educational system that's not good. Where is he going to school? He's going to school in Canada. I said, but there, you know, yesterday night, I was telling my wife, I, I, I said, let me watch news. So, they said Sweden is one country. No, I, I was watching Euro News. So, I was, because I was kind of tired, I kept on dozing off in front of the TV. I put the TV on. I will fall, I will, I will fall you know, fall asleep. Then I, then I woke up at the point in time, they were interviewing a, one woman. Either their prime minister, I'm not sure whether it's a man or a woman, but this woman was one of the big ministers in Sweden. And they were talking about how to solve the gender inequality matter. And they said they have one of the best records in the world. And it's okay, maternity leave, I will try to give the men three months, the women three months, and then at the same time, the men three months. But if both parents are of the same sex, you know, we do it like this. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> she said it in person. The way Buari will say, well, if you took money, go and refund it. All the banks that did not, um, that uh, took NNPC and um, NLNG money, please go and refund it. Otherwise, you can't trade in Forex. Don't just say it matter of factly. I woke up and heard the woman say, if, the, if both parents are of the same sex, I will try to share the maternity leave. You know, <laughs> you know that's. <laughs> she said it so casually. Yet, my brethren who claim they have faith, we gladly release a teenager to go to school there and say that the power in Nigeria is not constant. I'm sorry to say you have no faith. I think inconstant power supply is far better than constant moral insupply. Which word did I use just now? <laughs> I don't know which word I use now. You know, I create words sometimes to make my point clear. Now, you know where I'm going. See my gist. This is my point. People claim they believe, but they don't believe. God will say, this is the reason why I, I curse a land. Go and read that uh, Leviticus, about, is it 17 now? 18. This is why I curse a land. Yet they will export, we will gladly export our lives. We are not missionaries, so we are looking for comfort. Why are you here? Where your neighbor is a man married to another man. The one on the left is a woman married to another woman. And you are not allowed to talk. Otherwise, you are accused of bigotry. And you will gladly live ordinary, inconstant power supply, which you can constantize by yourself through a small generator. No, usually those who can make those decisions can afford these generators, inverters. They can, they can, they can. 
Listen, in Nigeria of today, if you are rich enough to dedicate a hundred thousand naira a month to power supply, your power will be constant. You know that. This is something you can actually. But you know what irritates my body is that they claim they have faith, but they actually don't. God is an ever-present help only in the time of need. When we don't need Him, please, please stay behind. We'll gladly get up, relocate our system to a place where we are sure our children will not be taught morality. It will depend on us 100%. The society is fighting against you. Here, there are parents who don't believe in God. They export their children to church regularly. Uh, they will come in the morning, drop the children. Okay, have a good day. Children will enter into church. Then father will go to go and eat. One of my friends, he said he doesn't believe in God. One of my classmates he said he doesn't believe in God. I said, what about your children? He said, I drop them in church every Sunday. <laughs> you drop them in church? He said, yes. I said, well, why, why do you bother? He said, let me, I want to give them a chance in life to make up their mind. The truth that my friends more believe in God. Small. Because if you are so sure there is no God, you won't carry your children there. I don't drop my children in the mosque so that they can make up their mind whether they will be Muslims or Christians. I don't do that. Why would I do that? Because I'm sure of what I believe. They follow me to Bible study. Let's go and hear the word of God. On Sunday, they are off to church, children's church. They do the at home. Their mother says, everybody recite your memory verse. Why? That's what we believe. Yet you go to a place where you are the only one pushing your children to learn scripture. And now, listen, you can find yourself after the Americans. There are people who are natives. Are you getting my point? There are Canadians. There are Europeans. There are all kinds of people. What I'm trying to say is that when we are making judgment, let's see what we weigh as valuable. Let's see the value we place on things. Let's see the value. How can you tell me, as far as you are concerned, constant power supply and the fact that you will graduate in four years if you enter school is more important than the moral environment in which your children grow up. The truth is that we don't believe the word of God. If we did, you will, will have known that many of those countries don't have up to 40 years left of civilization. Ah, no, no, many of them don't have. Listen, this boy prophet, go and read the happiest people on earth. The boy who wrote a prophecy that led the Armenians to America wrote another one, which they are not allowed to open until a young, a, a, another prophet will be raised up to open that one. People began to suspect what is inside. They think he gave them a timeline to move from America and go somewhere else. Some of them think the time is close. So many of their descendants are beginning to relocate to certain parts, other parts of the world. They are not very sure. Other people have prayed and checked and said, what is inside that prophecy? It's another timeline for movement. Because by prophecy, they moved down to where they are today. And they came with another prophecy, sealed, guarded by two angels. Nobody opens it. If you try, they'll kill you. They had reports of men who said that they have been sent to open it. The angels killed them. I know that was one or two angels that are guarding the letter. And this is interesting, but when I first heard of that, they said that the persecution against the church is coming. And that God is warning them ahead that the time move ahead of that time. Yeah, it will be run, you know, rushing there. Why? The road is good. No, poverty is a horrible thing. It's when your mind has not been liberated into true prosperity. That's why you be rushing up and down looking for where the road is good. Listen, what am I preaching today? Remember, every decision we make in life, without decision, what are we doing? 
We are making statements about our God for the environment. Many people cannot be saved today because the Christians have lied about their God to them. Yes, they go to church on Sundays and worship and come to the office and share stolen money. You have condemned everybody in your office to unbelief. No, people don't get it. <laughs> you invite your neighbors, come with me to church, come with me to church. And they worship you. They enjoy our service. They pray, God is good. Hallelujah. On Sunday, on Monday morning, they get to work. How much is that money? That money did pay. Ah, has it brought the bribe? How much? Listen, anytime you do that, you are condemning the people with you to unbelief. Because you have told them your gospel is not genuine, it's not true. I told a story here about a, man, a young boy in Lagos, young student. So one day, his friend drags him to fellowship. And he said, we'll give your life to Christ. You want to give your life to Christ? He walked forward immediately. He did not care what they were preaching. They said, why did you do that? He said, the boy preaching, his classmate, was the one preaching. And he said, whatever this guy is preaching, he obviously believes it. Why? Because shortly before that, they were in the exam together. And the exam was tough and boys were cheating. Do you understand? And this guy sat in front. Listen to me. God knows what he's doing in your life. Sometimes he does not break through upon you the way you expect him to break through because he's using you to give an example to somebody else. This guy too did not know it. Holy Spirit did not come to give him revelation. Holy Spirit left him blank. He knew nothing. He knew nothing like everybody else. But as they were reading, as they were cheating, he sat squarely in front, his eyes on his paper and his front, refusing to talk to anybody. They finished the exam. He also probably didn't do well. They submitted their papers and left. Then the Holy Spirit doing his work now dragged this other boy to church, to their fellowship. And who was preaching? The young student who that day did not have anything to write but refused to cheat. So when that boy entered the fellowship and he saw the other guy preaching, he said, now I know why he does not cheat. He said, who wants to give his life to Christ? He didn't hear anything they said. He just walked to the front. and said, whatever this guy is saying, he believes it. Everything, we are, that's the service of God. I said, it's not all this one come to church. Oh, let us worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, brother, can I, brother? Oh, Lord, we worship you, worship, worship. <laughs> Listen, that one has song. <laughs> you get my point? Real worship. Some people have ruined the name of oh, God. One of our brothers, he said, look, one of our brothers, he's a businessman in Abuja. He said, I prefer to deal with allergies. These are my brethren. They are too untrustworthy. I was telling you, that he said some people were owing him good money, good money. Business. He will watch TV. See one big man of God in Nigeria. And you'll see them sitting down on the left and on the right. And they say, yeah, amen, you know, daddy, daddy. They are following daddy up and down. He'll be looking at them. You, you are Christians, you are not. Thank God he's a believer. Otherwise, that guy would never believe. Why? Because he sees the kind of persons they are. He knows them on the business level. And these are the... And why are they sitting on the left and on the right of the big man of God? They bring good offering. That the time that will come, oh, daddy, good morning, 10 million. Daddy, good morning, the Holy Spirit laid upon us $10,000. And daddy will say, my son's in ministry. And will be blessing them. But those who know them personally, this is my brother, I said, that, you know, there was a bank, there are some banks in Nigeria, when they close them up, they say, they are persecuting us. So I don't see want to collect our bank for the northern Islamic agenda. I laughed. You know why I laughed? One of those banks, my friend 
was a senior, was a manager there. I know what he used to tell me. He said, my guy is a crook. He said, he'll go to prison one day. He said, he said this my guy is a criminal. In fact, the word he used, he said, my guy is a criminal. He was saying this before Charles Ludo came home. He said, my guy is a criminal. He said, he'll go to prison one day. I didn't know the boy was speaking prophetically. Yeah, we sat down there saying that, eh, Islamic agenda. They want to collect our banks. Islamic agenda. Somebody walking with this man said, this man is a criminal. Listen, what we are doing, we are making statements about our God. That's the point I'm trying to make. When you are making decisions in front of your parents, you are making statements about your faith. That film you say I should watch, God is not dead. I watched only a small part of it, but there's some part I like in it. This girl was on trial, this woman was on trial for preaching the gospel to a student in her school. But the part of it I like is this. Her lawyer suddenly put her on the stand. Didn't tell her ahead of time. And said to her, apologize. Say what you did was wrong. Say it was a mistake. She said, I can't do that. He said, go ahead. Your career is at stake. Your life is at stake here. Go ahead. Apologize to the jury. To everybody. That's a mistake. Say you are sorry. The woman was surprised. said, no, I'm sorry. I can't do that. said, tell them that what you said was a lie. He said, I can't do that. That would be a lie. That's what the lawyer wanted. For them to see her integrity. That even under pressure, just to say sorry to save her skin. She said, no, I will not do it. What I did was right. It was the truth. Well, later the lawyer said, sorry, I didn't tell you ahead because I wanted your response to be spontaneous. If I warned you ahead, they will know you are acting. But he was so sure of her integrity. Said this girl, no. She will not. And that was why she won the case. Every statement we are making, we are saying to people whether this gospel is true or it's not true. You tell people about heaven. You build all the houses on the earth. They don't believe what you're saying. You're talking about heaven, heaven. You have, you are, they, they don't see you investing in heaven. You say, the soul of sinners shall die. Hellfire is real. Heaven is real. Meanwhile, the way you fight for land. The way you fight for land, they know this heaven cannot be real. If heaven was real, this boy would not be behaving like this. No, the tr- let me tell you the truth. Christians don't believe. Sometimes it appears as if our God is not faithful. The truth is that we are not faithful. We are faithless. We don't believe. We are not willing to sell all we have and give to the poor that we may have treasure in heaven. We are not sure of that heaven. We are not sure that spiritual treasure is real. We are pretending. We are pretending. We are not willing to manage anything. We are pretending. We don't behave like people that has that have any hope outside this earth. We are pretending. We pray for peace, pray for peace, then look for where we will hide our children, even if the place is dangerous morally. We don't believe. The truth is that we don't believe. If we believed, listen, our God is not dead. He's alive and well. If truly we believed, if we made bold statements about him in this life, believe me, he will arise and his enemies will be scattered. When you hear testimonies of what Christians do, One of our brothers, a contractor then in Abuja, 
said the say if you see that woman, very conservative Christian, the type no makeup, no earring, turban head, long, long robe, you know, clothes, turtle neck, Bible carrying, tattered Bible. If your Bible is neat, you are not holy. Tattered one. The Bible is in front. This brother said, forget it. That all the prophets he made in that contract, the woman collected everything. Federal ministry in Abuja. Gave a job. The woman said, my portion is 700,000. Meanwhile, when they go to church, oh, okay. the prayers are, you know now. Hey, Father, in the name of Jesus, the spirit of the bond woman shall not overtake the spirit of the Son of God. In the name of Jesus. Father, say, who will give for our next convention? She will bring 500,000 and make sure that the, the, the general overseer or their senior pastor sees it. This sister is very dedicated. God say, I will personally send you to personal hellfire. Why can't Christians walk out there and say literally, this world is not my home? That a, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Believe me, that is when we really are serving God. When our lives are the statements that people are reading about our God. When walking into school in an exam hall, I don't know it, I am not going to cheat, thank you very much. Let's go and sort the lecturer, I am not going, you will fail. Will I be the first person to fail? People have failed and walked into destiny. This boy, you're not taking yourself serious. Listen, no, God, my God is watching me. God was described as a fear of Isaac. Those who knew Isaac knew was afraid of somebody. Listen, Isaac wouldn't cheat you in secret. Why? The person he feared, he knew the person was watching. David said, even if I were to hide in the bottom of the ocean, you are there. Isaac knew that. So everybody called God the fear of Isaac. What, which God are you talking about? Say that man or that God that does not allow Isaac cheat even in secret. So Jacob was talking about him to Laban. He said, well, not that the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me. When I learned that scripture, I said, my God, that is those who knew Isaac knew he feared something. Isaac will say to you, please, your money is not complete. Take say, why don't you hide hold it? <laughs> he said, somebody is checking my account. No, really. The way I see people behave, even preachers, they don't fear God. Honestly, they don't fear God. They don't fear God. I made a statement today. I told my wife if I tweeted it. They think because they are special, God overlooks many things in their life. It's not true. There are men of God you watch on TV. People will tell you, that man, forget him. I know where the hotel, where comes the women. I say, why are you still, my wife, why are you still preaching? Why are you still pretending? Why are you still preaching? Why come to the pulpit? Listen, God will make some people examples of. If you see women thriving, check it. The people of God are not doing their own thing. If you are, if you are thinking about what's wrong with a country like ours, that's what is wrong. That's what is wrong. We are not properly representing what the word of God is saying. Let me summarize. So let, let's, let's go. All right. Let's see how, how quickly we can get out of here. The Lord is good. I hope you are following me. If you are following me, say amen. amen. All right. Now, what have I said so far? Remember I said we are 
It is true that God shows forth his righteousness. It's true that he shows forth his excellencies. So we are the, the, we are the, we are the word of God people will read. We essentially are today's living word of God. I hope you're getting my point here. Yeah, we are today's living word of God. Just like Jesus Christ was the living word of God, we are today's living word of God. And we have to live up to that in everything that we do. Because, we, I mean, anything we do, when we make choices, when we take actions, it must be as to confirm that which was written. I hope, I hope you're getting my point here. Yes, we must behave like people that know that this word is working out itself in their lives. Very, very important. Now, last time I was explaining that this is what poverty is. Poverty is not I don't have money. Poverty is not I don't have, uh, you know, resources. Poverty actually means I lack the ability to create. I remember I explained that Noah placed a curse on Ham. And many of, in fact, as a, as a nation, as a group of people, as a race, we participate in that curse. But the only way out is through Christ Jesus. I explained again that once we believe in Christ, all right, once we believe in Christ Jesus, we have been removed from the curse of Noah. What is that curse? That says, cursed be Canaan. A servant of servants he will be. All right? Those things, they play out through many methods. People don't know how to make the right decisions. They have the wrong, um, how do I say it now? They have the wrong, wrong priorities in life. The wrong value system. They don't know what matters. They don't know the things that are important in life. Paul wrote, he said, I pray that you will learn to approve the things that are excellent. People are working under a curse. They don't know the things that are excellent. They put their effort into that which does not satisfy. I hope you get my point here. So as a result, if they are gathered together in a society, they are down. They are not above. All right? They are down. They are, they are underneath the feet of the people around. So Noah said like this, a servant of servants you will find them to be. But in Christ Jesus, we have the wisdom of God. In Christ Jesus, we have the ability of God. He said, it is the Lord thy God that giveth the power to create wealth. That Jeremiah chapter 8. That promise is fulfilled in our lives in Christ Jesus. And we said, listen, if God sets us free, we must get up and open the door and walk out. I want to go back into that, that now. We have the duty to demonstrate that indeed we have been set free. When we are making decisions, I said, we must make decisions like people that are free. People who are bound, people who are still slaves, they make decisions like this. They look at earthly things and the, to them it's more important. They don't have the ability to look at things that are superior. They don't know how, how to let themselves die, all right, in quotes now, in the process of creating something onto the earth. Paul says something here, that if I find myself, all right, being sacrificed upon the altar for this progression of your faith, he said, I'm satisfied. What, what does that mean? He said, death works in me regularly so that life might work in you. That's a man who is free. I don't know what I get my point here. That is a man who is free. That is a man who is free. He said, no, I'm not getting anything. Don't worry about it. But I want it to be that in this life, I have contributed something out there that people can see and know that indeed God is good. Let me say something to you. Your life is a reflection of God's character. That's what God made us to be. Listen, listen. That your life is a reflection of God's character as a believer. If God wants to show that he is good, he makes you good. Did you hear what I said? Until we can die for this, for this sin, in quotes now, of the whole world, people would not know that Jesus really died for their sins. They, listen, it's now I understand why God used to allow his children to be killed. Why did he allow Paul die? The story we have is that Paul was beheaded. Why? 
Why could he not just have allowed Paul to die in peace? He could do it. Listen. We know very well that he could do that. How do I know that? Paul wrote a letter to the Philippians and said, I am in a difficult situation. King James says, I'm in a straight betwixt two. I like that expression. I'm in a tight corner. Whether I should go home and be with the Lord or to stay behind and continue to labor. He said, I don't know which one to choose. What does that tell you? The man could choose. He could choose. Before he died, he wrote to Timothy. Now I think I've done everything. I've finished the course. I've run the race. He said, I'm now ready to be offered up. That's what he said. The man could decide one day that I don't want this people to get me. He agrees with the Lord. He sleeps one night. They come there in the morning. He's gone. And nobody will know what happened. But why didn't God let that happen? I like one film I watched long ago. I don't know what really happened like that. But Paul was led to the place where they would behead him. He walked there nicely. He knelt that he prayed, turned his head, put it on the chopping board. And that guy dropped the axe and his head was off. The one that history actually documented properly is the death of Polycarp. They said Polycarp was the church kept him somewhere. Somebody betrayed him. So they went and caught him and tied him to this. They, they, they wanted to burn. The, the king said he would burn him alive. He's the one that made the famous statement. When they said recount uh, that he should deny Jesus Christ. He said, this 80, this 70 years I have saved him. And he has never done me any wrong. Then why will I deny him now? So they said, in that case, they are going to burn him at the stake. This is the point about it. So they wanted to tie him. Polycarp said, no, they don't need to tie him. That he won't run away. He stood at the stake. He was not tied. They set, they set it on fire. And he stood there and burnt and died. He didn't, they wanted to tie him. He said, no need. Tie me for what? I won't run away. Where is the fire? And they lit the fire. And the fire engulfed him. And he died. For a long time, I was wondering, why did God allow all of these things? Know the truth? I just realized it. He said, this is the only proof I have that Jesus actually died for people. Is when his disciples die like that. He doesn't wait. Bible says, precious in the sight of God is the death of his saints. So he doesn't let it happen recklessly. When he was tired to kill Polycarp, he allowed somebody to betray him. He was an old man. He said, all these decades I have served him. He has never done me any wrong. Can't deny him now. Tie the man to the stake. Say, why tie me? For what? It's not fire. Stood in the midst of fire confidently. The same way his Lord went to the cross and did not run. I like one thing um, Benihim preached many years ago. He said the nails didn't hold Jesus there on the cross. He said the nails could not hold him. That Jesus deliberately stood on the cross. He held on to the nails by himself. <laughs> that you, you nail him? No. No. That couldn't hold him. I hope you're getting my point. It was the obedience of Christ that held him on the cross. It wasn't the nails. It was the obedience of Christ. So what is Jesus saying to us? Listen, the reason why I allow my sins to die is just to show to people this is how I was. It is through you that they see what exactly I was like. You are the proof of the resurrection of Christ Jesus. That's the point I'm making. 
So anything we are doing in life, we look at it like Christ. I was sharing with my wife, you know, as a preacher, you know, there are issues you have to understand. You know, thinking and meditating. And I, I was able to understand Paul writing about money. Writing about his life. Paul explained the rights he had as a preacher. I have a right to be supported by the church, by the people I minister to, he said to them. He said, but no, I forgo all of these rights for one reason. That's what I'm talking about. One reason. One reason. He said, as far as I'm concerned, anything I need to do to advance this gospel and build you up, build you people up in Christ, I will do even if it requires me letting go of my rights. That will rather reach more people and be hungry than be legitimately fed and not be able to reach as many. Listen, that's the spirit of Christ. Listen to me. It happens in every aspect of life. It's not only for preachers. There are people that God said, listen, go and demonstrate in Nigerian government what Christ is like. Take an oath before you enter office. God will say, I have blessed you. I have given you money. I am going to have you have enough money in an account or your business is bringing enough money to pay your house rent, pay your children's school fees, do everything, and you are going to be in government for 10 years. In 10 years, don't take a dime from them. Why? Is the money not rightfully yours? Oh, the salary is rightfully yours. But I want you not to collect it. Is it wrong? It's not wrong. It's not wrong, like Paul. But I want you to go there and pour a spirit into the place. You're not doing for political gain. You're not able to know. Ah, um, Bloomberg was mayor of New York. His annual salary was $1. Mayor of New York. Why? Before he became mayor, he was a billionaire. They, they said he spent a total of about $300 million of his personal money during the period that he was mayor of New York. So sometimes you enter into city hall, that's like local government headquarters, and say, guys, you have worked enough for today. Come, let's go and eat. We'll take them to a, a posh restaurant. Everybody will eat. Eat lamb, eat snail, eat everything. Who's paying? The mayor is paying. His personal money. By the time he was done, they totaled the amount of money he has spent, over $300 million, in the period that he was mayor. He refurbished the mayor's house and did not stay there. Why? My own house is finer. What is it? Now, he's rich, no doubt. All right? Billionaire. All right? Bloomberg. In fact, if you watch DSTV, you'll see this channel is there. He has a channel on, on DSTV, Bloomberg TV. Okay? He's a man who the Lord has blessed. But I want to just bring out an issue here. You don't have to be that rich to make certain statements. But at least one that all of us must make. God may not send it there to you know, write off all your salary. No. Yes, maybe that's money you're going to eat with. Maybe you're not rich when you got there. But you take an oath in the presence of your brethren, that every dime I am paid, there will be a record of it. If you go into my account, and the reason why I was paid that money, like, for example, it's my Estacode allowance I traveled, it's my duty to allowance, it's my salary, it's my housing allowance, you will see everything. And I swear in the presence of my brethren, if somebody brings me a bottle of wine to say thank you, I will take it to the office on Monday, and all of us in the office will drink it. And I will tell them this is where it came from. In fact, I'll tell them, look, you can only bring the wine to the office. Don't bring it to my house. If it is foul, you will bring it to the office. We will eat it there. Yes. If it is goat, 
there, it will be clear that nobody does me any personal favors. I will be in this office for this length of time. I swear in the presence of my brethren that I will not leave there richer than I came in. All the money that I'm paid will be my wages that's legitimately approved before I came in. I will not negotiate any new wage while I'm in that office. If I'm a senator, they say constituency allowance. You have a um, senatorial district. I will elect, I will appoint credible men to form a committee to supervise the disbursement of constituency allowance. Constituency allowance will not constitute constituency saving to my pocket. And it's not, listen, you know, there's nothing to this thing. You know, there's somebody, what, what, one woman I was hearing teach, I just saw the video. Okay, one brother sent it. She said, that why do Christians expect that when they are honest and they do righteousness, God should bless them? He said, why do they expect it? He said, those things are not things that are supposed to be blessed specially. They are things that are normal. He said, why do we expect a blessing for it? What else were you planning to do? Lie? Steal? Cheat? He said, we should take our eyes away from that thing. When you tell the truth, there's no special blessing. You are just being normal. When you refuse to take bribes, you, are not, you have not done anything special. That is normal. That's not, you should be blessed when you decide to cut your head for somebody. But when you do these other things, no. There's nothing special. You have just worked normally. Listen. I'm talking about the true service of God. That's what it is. We get up, we go out there and re- reflect Jesus exactly. We are willing to lay down. That's, what, that's what the one I'm talking about. Our lives. And in different aspects of life. Listen to me. I mean, that's what I wanted to continue today, but I, I thank God for the way it went. Listen, some will go into education like that. Last time I was speaking here, I knew what I was saying. I wasn't joking. Being rich financially now, you understand? It's not something Christians are allowed to aspire to. Listen, you know how Paul said it? He said, those who desire it, they pierce them, they pass through many hurtful laws and pierce themselves through many a pang or many sorrows. We use the King James in, in, in English. I said, Christians shouldn't want to be rich like that. I said, no, yes, they're not supposed to be all this one. I'm going to be a billionaire. If you wake up one day, you find out you're a billionaire. Thank God for it. It's a job. Yeah, it's a job. What, okay, what, what should we do? It's simple. If God sent me into the market, as an example, I'm an industrialist. I must be building industries. Are you getting my point? Yes, that's my, it's not about being rich. I must be building industries. I must be, I must be reducing cost. Go and read the book of, uh, by, by, um, um, Henry Ford, my life and work by Henry Ford. Henry Ford kept on dropping the price of cars when he did not have any competitor. You know his logic? So everybody should be able to afford it. People interpreted everything with their own selfish mind. That he knew that if he dropped the price, he would sell more. The man said, listen, the reason my interest in selling more is that I know that I'm reaching more people. I don't know why I get the point. He started selling the cars, $2,000-something. He kept on working. No competition. No serious competition. There were some small, small people. But no serious one. He kept on working until he dropped the price to $700. That's what he used to do. He will work hard. He said, no, that $700, is too, how can we bring it down to $600? We have to be able to give these things to more people. He tripled the minimum wage. Uh, more than doubled in his factory. 
He said, why should a man be working for me and he cannot eat? People say he need that they will work harder. You see, they kill. No one has done it now. They're not they're using their own selfish mind to interpret it. It wasn't just about working hard. The man built quarters. And if he, 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 will, he will find you if your house is dirty. He said, because when your house is dirty, your children will become sick. And he doesn't understand why you should be working for him and your children should be sick. He said, he realized that not everybody can be an entrepreneur. That everybody has a gift. That some people have to take a regular job. So, so what's my duty? Create as much of it as possible. So that was his job. That's how somebody said some jobs are too complicated. Not every man will be able to do it. He said, break down this job until it is so simple, any man can do it. There are people that went to his work. All they did was carry this, carry this, put it here, turn the, turn, turn the um, what do you call it? Spanner, Yes. On the north, five times. One, two, three. He has calibrated. You don't turn it six times. So the thinking is not your job. It's for the engineer. So the man said, turn it five times. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One, when you do it, five bolts, you remove it, and then push it on. Next. Some people say he's making men stupid. He said, no, they were stupid before they came here. <laughs> I am making them useful at that level in life. Because with that, I can still give them a decent wage. They will own a house, they will buy one of those cars. He said, listen, not everybody's going to be an entrepreneur. Says some people need this job, so I need to create it. And he created those jobs until they become one of the richest men in the world. I hope you get my point here. So when I say Christian is not aspiring to be rich, you see what I'm saying? It's a different matter. It's a different matter. We can't say that there's no job in Nigeria. You think God's going to, angels will come and say, boys, queue up. This is your job. This is your job. Be handing it out in boxes. No. God says, I am good. So I put goodness in the hearts of my children. My sons, my daughters, they go out there, create jobs. The men will queue up, take the jobs and say, God is good. Remember, there is none good. But God. So any good you do in your life is an expression of the character of God. Let me summarize it there. Listen, this life, nobody sent to come and chop life. Nobody. You were sent to come and do what? Reflect God. To make sure his word is demonstrated as true. That's what we're talking about. Because in this life, you make your choices to show that my word is true. I hope you're getting my point. That's why, I, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sent to be nice. I wasn't sent to be nice to people. I was sent to be, to, to, to tell the truth. You know what he said? Is it Psalm 82? No, no, not Psalm 82. I've not quoted that scripture in a very long time. God said that, I will speak of Egypt, of Philistia. And they will say, oh, this one was born there. This one was born there. He said, but of Zion it shall be said, this one was born there. You know what God was saying? People brag on the fact that, yeah, my daughter, my son, me, I'm born in America. I'm born in this place. God said, listen, this is the truth. This is my word. People will start bragging that my parents are born again. And that will be their bragging point. I don't know where you get the point. That they say, this one is a child of one who the Lord has blessed. I've told you before, when you see Christian running up and down, be careful. You are making statements. That's why I have, oh God, I thank you for it. I don't, all the, all the running up and people are doing, I'm not interested. I said, this is the blessing my children need. I will put my hands upon them one by one. And I do that, ask them regularly. I will say to them, it is well with you. 
you will be great. God will carry you far in life. Those words are powerful. If they need $20,000 to pay school fees on an annual basis, it will come. People say, save up for your children's education. I'm not, I don't have that time. When it's time to pay those fees, the money must come. If the money won't come, then the fees must not be needed. Yes, one of the two. They will go to free school if the money won't come. But that school, they will go. I don't know why you're getting my point here. Sufficient unto the day, the Bible says what? Is the evil thereof. That's how I live my life. So are you saving up for your children's future? If I save up for them, they will go mad. The money will drive them enter. It's a spirit. You don't know. Ah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. It's a spirit. It's a spirit of unbelief. Enter into a child. Child will get sense again. And you'll not be praying. Father and God say, is that money? So what should I do? Sell all you have. Give to the poor. Yeah. There are people that need to go and take accounts. Close it. Don't bring it to me. Because if you did now, it would be as if I'm preaching to collect your money. Are you getting my point? <laughs> it's true now. That's what Jesus used to preach to. I'm not afraid to preach it. Jesus looked at a man. He said, all the money you have saved up. See those poor people. Go and give it to them. Then you, come and follow me. Come and queue up with Peter to eat food. as off- that, the offering, that is, there's no other food though. This was a rich man. There are people that need to do that. They need to do that in this life for God to be able to really bless them. They can't be blessed. They have too much security in the bank. Because they go home, empty that account. Thank you very much. When last do you buy anything for your mother? It's been a while. Go and spend 100K. Buy her clothes. Buy her this. Buy her that. Those young boys know on campus, yes, they have raised a point in which they need laptops. Buy five. Share to them. Paul, it's not, when the Bible says Paul, it's not to go to the road and be, how many tenters do you want to shout out at a at, at checkpoint? That's what we're talking about. Go to a campus fellowship and say, guys, what's going on? Your equipment does not sound nice. So we, we, we like to, you know, okay, what's the cost of everything? You say 350. I don't even check. They say, ah, this man is rich. No, he's saving his life. <laughs> he's saving his life. I hope you've gotten my point. Yes, let us close, John. Let us go home. I hope you are blessed today. Yes, All right, let's just give it a Let's bow and say, Father, thank you. Let's say, Lord, we thank you. Let us say, Lord, we thank you. So, Lord, thank you for your truth again. Thank you, Lord, for your truth. Let us say, Lord, thank you for your truth. Let us give him thanks. Thank him. Say, Lord, I commit my life to you again to be a reflection of what you have said, what you have spoken. That your word in my life, that my life will be a reflection of your word. People will see me and know that indeed Jesus spoke. They will know that indeed Jesus died. That his words are alive. That he's a living word. Lord, make me a living word again today. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, let's give the Lord thanks. Father, we thank you. Let's just raise our hands and worship him. Just to thank you again. Because now I understand the purpose of my life. Thank you. I understand it. I understand it. I understand it. Pour your grace upon me. Help me to refuse food that's not right. Help me to refuse the food that's not right. So that the time that I need to stand against the lions, the threat of lions, the time I need to stand against the threat of the fiery furnace, I will have the grace to stand. Say, Lord, I thank you. Pour that grace into me in the name of Jesus. I receive it now. I receive it now. I dedicate myself again. To be a reflection of what you are doing on the earth. To be a reflection of what you are like. So Lord, I dedicate myself again. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I bless you again today.